0: When the government implemented nationwide lockdown in March 2020, in-person community music activity, along with everything else, came to a halt. Everything was either cancelled or postponed, and even though by then it was expected, it all still felt very sudden, as it was such an unusual phenomenon. Community musicians, whose work was very much in-person, face-to-face, found themselves in a strange and scary place. Through conversations with six community musicians working in the northeast of England, this series of podcasts will explore what happened, how we responded, and what things look like now. All conversations took place separately in various locations. In this episode, we will be looking behind the scenes of a community musician, from taking care of our own health and well-being to that of our participants. The investments we make, both financial and pastoral, the insecurity of work and the ongoing concern with regards to future pandemics. When lockdowns were implemented, a lot of musicians tried to move their sessions online. However, it was easier said than done. We all became acutely aware of digital poverty during this period. Here, David discusses the difficulties he found with online access.
1: Well, I work with vulnerable adults and uh, they mostly didn't, weren't able to engage for the straightforward reasons of not having a good enough connection, not having good enough phones and or tablets or whatever. And that's the reality, you know. Not everyone has unlimited broadband service, especially in the northeast. If you're rural, it's, you know, only a couple shakes better than dial-up.
0: There were participants who struggled to engage as they found the online experience too difficult for their mental health. Jim found this with one of his groups working with young people.
1: To be honest, when we went online, it was, it was really difficult to get young people to engage right. online. Um, it's been a challenge for some. For some, it's been better because I don't, you know, some of these children are um, working in groups. It's not their preferred yeah. Thing. So actually working from their own home, not having to interact with other people has worked pretty well for some people, Mm -hmm. and for others it's just not the right thing.
0: Everyone also spoke about their experiences of working online, and how they found it difficult in a way that face-to-face sessions didn't. Here Katie explains.
2: I remember days of endless Zoom meetings. Yes. And... I could I remember being completely floored with the exhaustion mm-hmm. of a zoom meeting and apparently it's because of the cognitive too much cognitive information. Yeah. Because you're looking at yourself as well, which is totally unnatural.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And awful. <laughs> yeah. And uh, loads of other faces. And
2: loads of other faces. Yeah.
0: And the various distractions in all those boxes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And when when you're delivering live, you're not actually looking at every... You are, but you're looking at everyone in a different
3: way, whereas all the faces are on Zoom. Mm.
0: Laura backs this up.
3: You know, I, I found it very tiring mm-hmm. to do Zooms, and um, mm. very emotionally draining. So, you know, I couldn't do it all day, every day. I have the utmost respect for those that did, um, mm. because it was very difficult.
0: The fear of returning had an impact on ourselves and our communities. We didn't see some of our more vulnerable participants again and our concern for them, knowing how important our music sessions were to them, made us all the more aware of the impact of the pandemic on others. Here Bridie tells me what she has witnessed.
4: Other projects that I was doing which were more um, a kind of a wider range of communities, a lot of people dropped off which is really really sad. Some people. Um, dropped off during lockdown and I haven't seen them since even though we're out of lockdown because I think that there's a whole other issue isn't there about how people's confidence, uh, social confidence changed as a result of the lockdown and I think a lot, there's a whole story there I think about people that still haven't had the confidence to re
0: The pandemic had an impact on mental health and this has been apparent as we struggle to re-engage some of our participants.
4: There are mental health has just taken a real battering yeah. and they don't have the confidence any longer yeah. to join a group even though perhaps it's not actually to do with the fear of covid anymore yeah. it's just that those social skills and the kind of confidence to get involved in things has kind of yeah. <laughs> dilapidated to sort of withered away a bit um yeah. so it's hard to know how to how to do that? I mean, we in the choir, and I think we mentioned this last time. The choir are very hot on staying in touch with people, as long as those people want to be kept in touch with. Yeah. So sending letters to people, if, if if we find out somebody's been unwell, um, and um, phoning people up, that sort of thing. Because um, I think I think that's what makes people feel like they can come back at some point. Yeah. I think if people feel like they've been forgotten about. You probably, yeah, you probably will lose them forever. But like, if they know that you're still sort of thinking about them, Absolutely. so lots of that on, on various projects, lots of that has been like a really good thing, and it's made some people eventually have come back.
0: David spoke of how we are much more mindful of the vulnerabilities of our communities. And did you find a lot of your participants came back? Or were you did you lose did you lose anyone over that period of time?
1: Um, yeah, we definitely lost people everywhere. Yeah. um due to fear there's a lot of people who got into conspiracy theories yeah. you know vulnerable adults who f- you know got weird information yeah a lot of it
0: there was a lot of it around
1: and yeah. um who maybe got COVID and never admitted it and then because they weren't vaccinated it was really severe and then they took mm-hmm. them a long time to recover yeah. and this is i'm i'm being vague but this is quite widespread yeah so um yeah it's 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 a it's what happened i mean there was a lot of vulnerable people out there before the pandemic hit and um yeah they 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 suffered a great deal yeah yeah definitely yeah and and, and yeah that is you can't just put those pieces back together again, you have to, you have to kind of endure and try and find the, the most fun way of enduring in the face of it.
0: Some of us experienced loss during the pandemic, and with social distancing guidelines prohibiting many from attending funerals, our communities found ways to remember and honour those that they had lost. Here, Bridie talks about how one of her choirs dealt with their
4: loss. The emotional side of it was really complicated because a lot of people, yes, were fearful but but also um, a lot of people had either lost somebody during lockdown, either to COVID or to something else, and some of our members had died. Um, And that was really, really hard, but I very much, as the MD, made the decision that we deal with this head on, we don't hide from it, we don't share it from it, we we honour people. Mm-hmm. And we did lots of stuff about that, like singing for people who had had passed on, um, sharing our memories of people, there's a few funerals that we sang at, um, and I think that is what enabled us to sort of move on from all of that pain, and actually, you know, because we'd actually dealt with it, we'd had the difficult conversations, and we'd had the space to be sad, yeah. um, which I think is really important. And, and again, I think we've talked about it already, but especially with, I think music is so emotive anyway, yeah. it would be utterly bonkers to not engage with the fact that that makes people feel emotional. Like, yeah. if, you, if you don't deal with the fact that it's going to bring up stuff, isn't it? Just singing yeah. with other people. Um, Absolutely. So that was, that was really important.
0: Yeah. Laura also spoke about her experience.
4: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and I mean, unfortunately,
3: we had, um, I think, three people in total that that passed away, and obviously, we couldn't go and visit, we couldn't go and see anybody, mm-hmm. um, so we did what we could online, and then they opened up a, a Just Giving page, and I think we donated three or four hundred pounds to that, and that was people giving money out of their own pockets, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, he was a really special bloke, and it just, it, you know, to not be able to go and to the funeral and to, to see all of that it was really difficult yeah. um, you know so it's, it's things like that that make you realise that it's more than just a job sometimes as well and yeah, it's about people
0: With our health and wellbeing at the forefront it is concerning when we have to cancel work it impacts us financially but we are also acutely aware of the loss of the session for our participants particularly those who are vulnerable Here Katie speaks about how she has experienced this in regards to her own health that of her participants, and the financial insecurity that goes with it.
2: It's just a a minefield, actually, being Mm. self-employed and having to cancel work. I've had COVID four times now, right? and you have that thing of, well, I'm not positive now, but my husband is. Mm. Well, he's not positive now, but my little boy is. And we've had that on a couple of occasions, and you've got to then go to... You know all the different stakeholders in what we do. You have to go yeah. to them individually and go, how it, do you feel about this, and then navigate that, um, and yeah, it does. It sort of brings up the lack of security in in our work again. That yeah. kind of like oh well, I was relying on. I thought I'd put. St- things in place so that I actually have a steady income now, whereas I didn't so much before COVID. I've got much more work that is regular. Right. Um, But maybe like after COVID I was like, right, I need something that I know is going to come in and it's not going to be cancelled at the drop of a hat or whatever. It was more stressful. That period of going back out there and tentatively sort of putting, dipping your toe in the water of live stuff again. Um. has been much more stressful because it's an it's a complete unknown yeah and everybody's feeling the same sort of way of how do we navigate this now it's different yeah um so i mean i think like a higher expectation of hygiene is definitely in there yeah i mean people are still getting COVID. I mm-hmm. had COVID a couple of weeks ago. I had to cancel work. Yeah. I know some people are not cancelling work. We're sort of at that weird kind of, you're self-employed, you don't necessarily have a rule that says that you have to. Yeah. But you've got to think about the people you work with and their kind of, who they're in contact with. Because there's obviously still a massive part of society that is still vulnerable. Yeah. That we don't really talk about anymore, which I mm. find... A bit
0: odd with all of this in mind, we have to be more vigilant about the care and consideration of our participants. Laura puts this in perspective
3: yeah, and i mean we have we have one lady who has c o p d um and mm. I have a respiratory disease as well, you yeah. know, so it's it's that whole thing that you you can't just forget about it, and I don't think we'll ever forget about it, no. um because it'll always just be there oh they've got a sniffle, they've got a cough, yeah. you know shall shall we do anything about it
0: yeah. In particular, I guess, that around those vulnerable people, isn't it? It's just like, they there's just, just constantly going to have to be caution.
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think as a leader, you, you, you take that on your shoulders. Yeah. Because you feel that responsibility to look after the well-being absolutely. of the people that are coming to the session. So it, it's another branch to the bow, yeah. you know, of kind of running a session now that you, you are thinking about, is it safe to do this? Is this person all right? Um, and just checking in to make sure that it is the right thing to do.
0: Socially engaged artists are impacted both emotionally, financially and psychologically by our work. We take on so much responsibility for our communities, for individual participants, for the successes and failures of projects, for the relationships with funders and organisations we work in partnership with. The conversations for this podcast reveal the experiences of the community musicians I spoke to, they are not representative of every community musician but i am sure many will find what has been said to resonate strongly with them i am going to finish this episode with a quote from ashley i think she sums up what we all felt when lockdown was implemented
2: i found myself it was either fight or flight yeah and i think i just went for the fight like <laughs> uh, <for> anomaly <laughs> was just like right what we're doing mm. like what can i do to like keep things going
0: And one more from Katie. You just did it.
2: You just got on with it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so thankfully we're not at that point anymore. Yeah. Hopefully we won't go back
0: to that. So that's the last episode in this podcast series. I hope you enjoyed listening to them. I want to thank Lee Higgins and Catherine Birch at York St John University for their invaluable advice and guidance. The research participants, Ashley Lowes, Bridie Jackson, David Passaro, Jim Montague, Katie Doherty, and Laura Reevley for their time, support, and wonderful conversations. And my husband, Gary Bowden, for his unending patience, support, and editing teaching skills. You are all amazing humans. Thank you. Please check out the other episodes in this series. If you would like further information on the research for this podcast, or to find out a little more about the musicians featured, You can find my paper and their details online at www.carolbowdenmusic.co.uk